This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Teo Sokol. Joined by my co-host, one of the chosen, Chris Stewart. Today's episode, we're reviewing the 2023 apocalyptic psychological horror film, Knock at the Cabin. This is a film written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, uh, who actually wrote the screenplay from an initial draft by Steve Desmond and Michael Sherman. And this is based on the 2018 novel, The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. So, uh, and kind of exciting too, this is actually your first ad- adaptation of his works, which I have not uh, delved into that. Chris and I were very eager. We, I feel like, I wouldn't say it's a renaissance, but I feel we, we've decided that M. Night Shyamalan is really kind of starting to come back and, and, and create, you know, what his forte is in this term. He, I guess you would say family drama or kind of the psychological, you know, tests of humanity, you know, with um, old and servant. Uh, wrapping up its final fourth and final season. And now this film looking at the trailer, it didn't give a lot away, but really the, we were excited because it's okay. It's a premise and it's simple. It's one location, you know, what, what's going to happen, but um, we're not going to give spoilers away because we do not want to ruin this film for you. So Chris, give us a brief synopsis of knock at the cabin. We have a couple who is vacationing with their daughter in this cabin in the woods. And they are approached by four strangers who claim that one of the three need to be sacrificed to stop the apocalypse from happening. And yeah, this is a very, uh, what helps this film is the small scale. It does feel very claustrophobic at times, uh, even to the point where M. Night really did a lot of shooting where it's super close up on the face for many, many scenes throughout the movie. This is one of those, what I think you're kind of hinting at with, you know, we've talked about servant and old. I think M. Night's returning to this, keeping the tradition of a unique twist or a, a, a horror aspect without being like, this is horror. Because to me, this is not a horror film, although it has some horrific moments in it. 
definitely is one where, you know, the whole premise, even from the trailer, you have to think, are these people telling the truth? Are these people insane? Because, you know, easily people break into houses all the time and, you know, crazy people, you know, religious ideas that go to extensive, you know, routes and, you know, all this kind of stuff where, you know, maybe there is some real thing going on and we, we have to really think about this, but the insanity of that. And I think that was really towed. The line was towed very well in this film where you eventually do get that answer in this film. And we're not doing spoilers today. Once you guys go check this out, you know, for yourself, but the good chunk of the movie where it does feel the most, I'd say tense and scary was when you weren't sure what these people really stand for, why they're doing this. And a lot of that is led by the incredible acting in this film. I think that's the greatest strength of the film was the acting overall. Again, this is a cast of seven. You know, there's a few cameo roles, if you will, yeah. of like a news reporter or, you know, we have a couple flashback mm -hmm. scenes. But really, the, the key cast is these seven characters. And uh, yeah, especially with Dave Bautista leading the pack. I think a lot of people saw the trailer and were like, oh, this looks like a different kind of role for Dave Bautista. And this is really he really gets to to shine his acting chops. He's a. Uh, He's not just the brute. Well, he he, yeah. he gets to do a lot in this film. Well, I think Dave Bautista, for those of you who, who had a chance to check it out a while back, Blade 2049, um, that mm -hmm. really was like a small role for him. But that was the first time when I saw Dave Bautista like, ooh, this is different. And this is still coming around the time when he's in Guardians. He's been doing some like, um, you know, comedy, uh, buddy cop kind of stuff. And now that the career of his his Marvel career is, you know, slowly, uh, this is the last time he, uh, he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy and whatnot. I think he has been craving to get into meteor different roles. And we've even seen that in Dune. Um, so I think this was really great because he does almost, he's one of a, a huge draws and a huge lead uh, for this film. It's his, his quiet reserve. He, you know, he plays this, you know, you can clearly tell from these four people, mm -hmm. he's kind of the de facto leader, not just because of size, but he has this quite gentle giantness of it. Um, you know, not, not a, much of a spoiler, but his, his character, um, he's like, supposed to be like a coach or something like that. Uh, and it, you really can see that. Like I could see him leading the kids basketball team or something like that. And one of the PE uh, instructors and it's <laughs> great for Chris. Cause you know, he's had the experience there. Um, so I really think that was great. Um, and uh, there's some amazing performances from, from everyone. Uh, some, you know, I wanted more that, and you brought up a really great thing that this does have this question of like, um, you know, do you believe these people or not? But I think the biggest psychological question this poses is, um, would you be willing to sacrifice, you know, something you care for the greater good? And I think that's really just, and that's really the whole time this is happening. I was finding myself not even seeing if these people are nuts or they're real. I'm like, wait, you know what? Cause I don't know if we're going to get out of this. They want, they want blood. And so, you know, would you do that? And of course I'm watching it with my fiance and everything and they're like oh we'd sacrifice you i'm like that's fine don't think thanks for letting me volunteer <laughs> um but yeah no i thought that was really good i really wish there was a little bit more ambiguity there's there's kind of there's things that happen in the film where they make you kind of question like wait maybe these guys aren't real like oh this guy you know and um i think that's where it kind of suffers a little bit um for those of you looking for the classic like m night Shyamalan twist this is not one of those films this is a very different film than what he's done 
And I think if you go yeah. into that with that mindset, you won't as enjoy it. And that was my, I try to keep it open, but I was still waiting for a twist or something. It's, it's, don't look at that. Look at it more like the psych, kind of psychological, almost family drama. Um, because like you said, it is a great, very self-contained film. Like I could see this film being a stage play. Like that's how self. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Uh, and just using even some of the scenes we're talking about where they, they, they put on a news report or something like that. You could easily do like, um, set this in a different time period. Like when all he had was radio, like this could be, it, it really could be almost any time period uh, that this which is kind of, you know, within, within like the 20th century, I think would be really cool. Um, just thinking about this because, and we've seen that with movies like the whale with such a self-contained story, it makes it that much more powerful. Like you said, the ads that claustrophobia, mm-hmm. which I loved. And um, also the, the music was really good What they, what they did um, especially some of those very ominous moments. Yeah. Music by Hurtis. Stefan's the tour. I probably butchered that, but uh, look it up. It's a long name. Sounds uh, Finnish or Norwish or something. But uh, yeah, there there is a, elements of this that feel like it could be a play. Uh, and I think the, the big question too of would you be willing to sacrifice someone for the greater good? A lot of this too plays into this is a gay couple who has their adopted daughter. So there's also you know, minorities being represented in that sense. And what's kind of neat is throughout the film, and I'm not sure if this is part of the book or this was just added for the film, there is flashback scenes that kind of show key moments of our main characters played by Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge, who play Eric and Andrew, the two dads. It shows elements of, you know, when they kind of are really at the, the head of their their time as a couple and there's some things that tie into the story and when they adopted when. Um, and Kristen, I'm, I'm going to say Kristen Q, I'm probably butchering that as well. Uh, she's very cute. She's really great in this movie is when I wanted more of a payoff for her there at the end. But um, yeah, especially those like like the beginning scene you kind of get from the trailer is the scene where Dave Bautista's Leonard and her are just talking about collecting grasshoppers. And it's a very sweet, like, you know, especially for, you know, we all are taught don't talk to strangers. And very much in a, 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 you know, this is up there with a, a Georgie talking to Pennywise for the first time scene. You <laughs> yeah. know that this guy has to do something bad, but he's really playing it up like, well, look, we we can be friends and I collect grasshoppers and I, you know, I'm so sorry what we have to do today. It's like, what do you have to do? And it's like, you're going to have to make a choice today. You know, it's just like you could tell like, oh, this is uh, they're getting to it. Um, but yeah, along with uh, Dave, you have. Nikki Amuka Bird, who plays Sabrina. And then you have Abby Quinn, who plays Adrian, who has the biggest eyes I've ever seen on... Uh, it was almost almost Gollum-like. Uh, uh, but she she had a great character. I loved her character. And then, yes, we did have Rupert Grint as Redmond. And it did feel... I, I agree with you. It felt like he was on the set of Servant. And they were like, let's just slap a little bit more of a... Don't shave for like a couple days. Uh, we're going we're gonna to go yeah. film you for about three days. And then uh, you'll be good <laughs> for um, Knock at the Cabin. Um, because he did sound very much like his character from a uh, servant, but uh, and I in the religious tones too, the the four horsemen of the apocalypse, the you know all that kind of stuff. Um, they don't really hide that in the film. There's even a a line that represents that, which I wish we didn't really need to hear that line. I think we could have kind of gathered that, and I I think the ending it it really is up to you of what you feel like you want from this movie. I do agree. I wish it was a little bit more eerie of like a dun, dun, dun. Was this real? Was it not? And um, yeah, 
But you know, I think for for M Knight, who's had this career where he he had like strong hits right off the bat, one after the other, and then it started to get a little dud like, and then he went to his real bad bad years where we had like the last Airbender and stuff like that, where people mm-hmm. were like, "Wow, he's really taken off the off the deep in there." And then he had like the visit and old and servant, and he's he's had this comeback with more strong films where even if it's not may not be like a 9.0 out of 10, it's definitely better than like a, a 4.0 out of 10, you know, but yeah. I, I'm always interested to see what he's going to do next. And you can't deny and something we've seen with the episodes he's directed of servant as well. He has a style and he has a unique sense of the camera and he does get had to, how to build tension, how to keep your eyes glued to something. And those little bits of horror, you know, I think some of the, some of the scariest moments in this film are the news reports, which uh, again, they're kind of an interesting premise throughout the film of when, when they continue to not make a choice, things happen. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go, you know, knock at the cabin again. I saw this like Wednesday matinee. It was like four people in the movie theater with me. I think these kind of movies always work better with a full audience. If I had had a chance to see this mm-hmm. opening weekend, maybe a little bit more of an uh, intensity, but this one again doesn't really have the scares to it. I think it has the this is a eerie premise, but it's not like it's not like the sixth sense or you know the village where things are popping out and scaring you in a way. So for me, yeah, I got the cabin, good acting, good production value. Want a little bit more from the story. It's gonna sit like a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same. Seven out of ten for me. Uh want a little bit more for this, but again, it's a great addition to M Knight's uh, repertoire and filmography, I would have to yeah. agree. So, but be sure to go see Knock of the Cabin yourself now playing in theaters. And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast or on Twitter at the Potential Pod. Or you can email us, send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email. The Potential Podcast at Yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.